On today's Court Vision blog, we have a really fun and super insightful interview with NBA insider Ashley Neville. We talk about the NBA draft. We talk about what the hell the Suns are doing in the NBA draft. We also talk about a little bit of AD LeBron. We talk about NBA free agency and what the hell is going on in Houston. And on top of that, we talk about other NBA free agency news. Today, I'm also discussing about NBA free agency. And I'm briefly discussing the new NBA league rules. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let's go. Today is Friday, June 28th, 2019, and it's almost time for NBA free agency. Sunday, June 30th, it starts at 6 p.m. This should be very interesting. NBA free agency is full of drama. It's so interesting to see what happens. The NBA Twitter blows up. People go nuts. Eye emojis flying all over the place. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it because there's a ton of rumors going on already. And I'm always interested to hear what is going to happen. It's so, it's super exciting. I'm already pumped up. You can hear it in my voice right now. I'm fired up for the NBA free agency and what's going to happen. So one of the new news is, one the new news that I just heard, excuse me, is the Boston Celtics are the front runner for Kimball Walker. Yes. As a Celtics fan, I love this very, very much. I think Kimball Walker is right on par with Kyrie Irving. Sorry if this makes everyone go nuts. I don't care. Not being biased. Kimball Walker, Kyrie Irving. What's the difference between the two? A championship ring. Kyrie Irving won a championship ring with LeBron James. Kimball Walker has not won an NBA championship because he doesn't hasn't played with a LeBron James. Kimball Walker has always been the best player on his team and always knows how to dish the ball to his players and get his young players involved. Kyrie Irving... Learned what it was like to be the best player in his team. Tried to be a leader, and he didn't succeed very well at it. I think when you put Kimball Walker into a mix with a team with like the Boston Celtics, with young guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you have Gordon Hayward, hopefully a healthy Gordon Hayward, it brings a lot of confidence to the team. Look what Kimball Walker did this year with the team that he had around him. Not one single all-star on that team. He played with Jeremy Lamb, who's a a very decent player. He played with Bizak Biombo, which, you know, all the hype was around him when he first got drafted, but he hasn't really done much since. It is very, very interesting to see a Kimball Walker that can put him on a good team where he can actually play with better players than he has been before. He's gonna if he signs with Celtics, it's gonna be the best team he's ever had around him. So it should be very interesting to see how well he plays. It's gonna boost his career points and his assists. And even if his points slump. His assists are going to go up. Kyrie Irving is a natural leader. This is a guy that took his team and UConn, carried him through the NCAA tournament as a senior with a team that no one even thought was going to even make the NCAA tournament or even win the NCAA tournament. And they won it. He is a natural leader. He has what it takes to be inside of him. I think it would be the best thing for those young guys in Boston that have someone like Kimball Walker. Now, if they sign a Kimball Walker, it would be interesting to see what they do in the front court. They're missing some missing some big bodies down there, but I think Danny Ainge can do it. 
So you're a Celtics fan. You're excited to hear this news. I know I'm very pumped up that there's a possibility that we can get Kimba Walker. This is very exciting. This is very good. I don't think it puts us behind. I think we're going two steps forward after losing Kyrie. Other free NBA free agency news is Jimmy Butler's been in the mix a lot. A lot of talk around Jimmy Butler. I think it's very underrated that Jimmy Butler's been talked about so much. It's kind of crazy. He's been involved with at least three teams that want him. The LA Lakers want him, the LA Clippers want him, and the Houston Rockets want him somehow, some way. Ashley and I actually did talk about this. But Jimmy Butler is a great player, a great defender. You put him in the right situation, he's going to play well for you. I don't think he's a good fit in Houston. I'm going to say it right now, and this was discussed in the interview. He is not a good fit because he's not going to get his touches. James Harden is ball down at basketball player. He looks to score, looks to get his. There's no way putting a Jimmy Butler on that team is going to help James Harden out if they don't learn to play together as a team. And you have a Chris Paul who's not the best teammate in the world. I would like to see a Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard team up. It'd be very interesting because Kawhi right now is in the talks of meeting with the Clippers and the Lakers along Toronto. Now, if the Clippers pull off somehow signing Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler, this should be very interesting to watch these two teams, these two guys team up. You're talking about maybe one of the best defensive teams we're going to see just with the two of them. But that's no guarantee. I mean, I would definitely go back to Toronto if I was Kawhi and run it back because I just won a championship and Marcus Hall is opting back in. So we'll see what happens with this. This is all I have to discuss about free agency today. Ashley and I go into great depth. So now, my interview with Ashley Neville, NBA Insider. Give her a follow at Ashley Neville on Twitter. Also, follow her on YouTube. Great interview. A lot of fun. She's super funny, super energetic. Let's go. An NBA Insider uh, for herself, and I'm glad to have her with me. I really much appreciate it. Ashley, how's it going today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, much appreciated. So, um, you know, we're going to get right into it. So I want to uh, talk to you about the NBA draft and what your thoughts on, um, you know, Zion Williamson. What does he what does he do for that Pelicans team? Where does he take them? Well, I think a lot of people are making predictions early, but I do think he's going to be a star in this league. I mean, he has everything. I mean, he doesn't really shoot a lot. But his inside presence is something that any team would want. Um, I mean, look look what he did at Duke. I mean, this guy was an, a, he was a monster, an animal. Um, he's a, probably definitely one of the most athletic guys in this draft. He's huge. If you look at how tall he is and, and how much he weighs, he's like bigger than LeBron. Which wow. is hard to, yeah, which is, hard, which is hard to do. I mean, LeBron obviously is, is the best in this league. And then you've got a guy like Zion coming in who's young who's already at that size, um, he's going to be doing wonders for the Pelicans. And they needed this kind of break, too, given the fact that Anthony Davis requested out of New Orleans off to, you know, L.A., where he really wanted uh, to go. And then you've got a guy that comes in like Zion Williamson. I mean, what can be better than that, you know? Yeah, I feel like New Orleans kind of uh, actually went out on that trade. I mean, getting Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart on top of those oh, yeah. other first rounders that they received, and then 
getting the luck of drafting Zion just kind of puts them in a great spot for the future. I think we're looking at a team that's going to make a bounce back in like three, three or four years if everything lives up to the hype of Zion Williamson. I I definitely think so. Um, and with David Griffin at the at the, the helm of everything, you know, he was a guy that I can't believe he even got fired. You know, he was out of this league for a couple of years. I mean, look what he did with the Cavs. Look what he did with the Suns back in the day. Um, you know, and I had a chance to actually talk with him a couple months ago. Everything we talked about, I didn't really report anything. Mm-hmm. It was more of just a, like, I want to, I'm a reporter in Phoenix. I want to get to know you before he had signed with the Pelicans. Um, oh. Yeah. So we, we were, you know, we're friends on Twitter. And so I reached out. We had a phone call. He gave me about an hour of his time. We discussed everything. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. It seems like New Orleans is just giving him the run to go ahead and do what he needs to do to make this team better. You know, it's kind of, like you said, it's hard to believe that a guy like him could get fired, like, from Cleveland and, like, what he did for that city. No, exactly. And I think they do need to give him a free reign because, I mean, he's proven that he knows what he's doing. Um, and it, it's clear that he knows what he's doing. I mean, I mean, look what he was able to put together. He's got, you know, Zion. Um, I know they picked up. Who else did they pick up in this draft? They got another guy. Uh, Jackson Hayes from yeah. Texas. Yeah. Jackson Hayes. And then um, also, like you said, what they won in that trade. Um, you, you got a guy like Josh Hart, who great three-point shooter, also a great follow on Twitter. Um, you got a guy like Lonzo Ball, who, I mean, not, not the best shooter, but he yeah. for yeah. sure knows how to pass the ball. He has a high IQ for the game. You got Drew Holiday still in the mix. Yeah. Um, so I, they, like you said, they definitely the Pelicans definitely know what they're doing, and they definitely won that trade. Yeah, big time. I think also with Brandon Ingram being in the mix, I find it I think without them having LeBron, it kind of gives them a little free reign to let them do what they need to do to grow. I think having a LeBron kind of might have stunted their growth a little bit. I think so too. I mean, it was tough because you got a guy like LeBron coming in who can literally control the league and do what he wants. And a lot of those guys felt uncomfortable. You know, a lot, there was a lot of talks and a lot of things that I heard from some of those players is that, and you could even feel it. Like when I went into the locker room, you could just kind of feel the disconnect. You can kind of tell when there's chaos going on. You, you could tell the difference between a winning locker room and a non-winning locker room. And when he got there, they all knew like, damn, he probably wants me traded. And how can you thrive in an industry or, or at a, on a team like that when, when you know that your best player, your top player, wants you out? How, yeah. how are you able to focus on what you need to focus on? To me, That's, I would be like, well, screw this. This is over. Why am I going to put all my heart and soul into this um, if, if one of my teammates who's basically going to control everything doesn't want me here anymore? Yeah, that's true. And I think Roger Rondo put it best as these guys looked up to LeBron and like want like I've always thought of him as his hero and watched him play growing up. And now they finally had the chance to play with him. And then they won. He wants to get rid of them, you know. Exactly. And, and Rajon Rondo has been in this industry long enough where he's seen what NBA the NBA was like before social media. And I think a lot of this tension wouldn't have been going down if we didn't have the social media we have now, because a lot of times. Think about how, how word of mouth spreads with social media. You know, th- things get spread so fast. All it takes is one click of a button. And, and, and suddenly, the tweet that is sent out for millions to see, 
as opposed to back in the day where things kind of took a little bit to get to one another. Um, and Rajon Rado has kind of been around for all of this. And he, he's a veteran in this league, too. Like, he, he knows. But, you know, LeBron's no dummy. He also knows that he can control the league. He's the best player in the game right now. You know, he's proven himself. He can take control. And he wants to win. I mean, he's at a point in his career where he wants to win another championship. Again, his legacy is on the line. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't win six championships. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah. You're not the best player to ever play the game. You're still com- getting compared to that Michael Jordan, and I feel like it's still chasing that ghost of Jordan. And it, like you know, he's made what eight, nine champ, nine finals, and won three of them. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, and I, I mean, it's, he's still a great player, but like you're not, you're no MJ. Yes, exactly. No, I totally agree. I always have these arguments with like my nephew and younger kids about this when <laughs> the kids I coach basketball with. So it's always. Uh, it's always kind of interesting their perspective, but MJ, uh, it's tough. I think I know he's trying to chase that ghost of trying to be MJ. Yeah, no, he he most he most definitely is. Yeah. Uh, so you're. So what do you think about the Phoenix Suns draft and where they're heading in the direction they're heading in? Um, it was I thought it was pretty interesting that they traded down with the T Wolves to select Cam Johnson, and you know, just interesting in your thoughts on what they were doing. I. You know, what's crazy is me, along with other media that, that have been covering the Suns for a long time, we have no clue what the hell they're doing. And <laughs> we really don't. Like, that, that was the thing is, like, you know, everyone was so high on, you know, all these other players who we were, like, for sure, oh, we, that we're for sure going to get Brandon Clark or Grant Williams or yeah. Jarrett Culver. We were going to try to get him and... You know, we were so high on all these other players um, that we, that you know, it's kind of funny. You know, the Suns were very high on a lot of those guys. You know, they brought them in for, for two workouts or they met up with them, you know, at the, at the NBA Combine or for NBA, the pro days they were around, you know, that were going on around the country. And it's funny just because we were all wrong. I mean, all of us, you, even... The, the, the guys who are at Arizona Sports is like one of the, the best, you know, radio stations out here. I mean, they were all wrong. And, and those guys have an inside with James Jones. So there's been a lot of interesting things going on within that organization. They're getting more and more closed off with us um, to the point where we didn't even get to get a lot of interviews at the pre-draft workouts. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't really get a feel for what they were doing. I mean, you know, we would talk to James Jones. Oh, they were all good. They all performed. They all did well at the workouts. Like, you know, just giving us generic answers so we couldn't really get a feel for what they were trying to do. Um, And they're very closed off with Woj, too. There's no NBA insider that really knows a ton of what's going on within the organization when it comes to, like, James Jones or the assistant GMs or anything. They're very closed off here. So what what we can kind of – what I can take or gather from what they're doing – the Phoenix, for some reason, is not a free agent spot. It's not a spot where veterans want to come and play and help guide a young team. Because if you think about it, veterans, they want to win championships. Yep. A, lot, a lot of them haven't won a championship. And, and right now, in this day and age, with LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Giannis, any of those guys in the league, it's going to be really hard to win a championship. So they're going to do what they can to go to a contender and the Suns just don't have that. They don't have the leverage to get these guys. Um, you know, there are some who will take the money. But again, most of them have money. 
You know, you got money from over the years of playing. You got money in endorsement deals. What more can you can you need? You want a championship. So I, I think the Suns are going to have to do what the Warriors did back in the day, is build from the ground up. Do what the Sixers did. Build from the ground up. Um, you know, a lot of people forget the Sixers. They won, like, what? Was it, like, th- 7 or 14 games or 12 games or something a couple years ago? Yeah, it was not a lot at all. <laughs> it was, like, 12 games. And yeah. the Warriors, before they were able to grab, you know, uh, Steph and Clay and Draymond, I mean, they had they were losing organizations for a while. But they um, used the draft and they used a couple trades to to build that program from the ground up. And, you know, that is still a way to do things. I mean, some teams thrive off of making the appropriate trades where they're just good every year. Yeah. You know, the Celtics are going to be good for years to come. Um, the Lakers had their fair share of struggles. Houston, for the next couple of years, are still going to be okay um, based off of trades, based off of just, you know, building over the next couple of years or just adding to what they already have. But, again, it's like the Suns, they're not going to win in free agency. So they hope that this Cam Johnson guy that no one knew nothing about um, (laughs) hands out. You know, it's like like a lot of these teams just, like, hope that they (laughs) – find that gem you know yeah it sounds like they were just shooting in the dark because they just went for like yeah it's like finding the diamond in the rough it's uh, like okay we're we're gonna find that guy that everyone slept on but that doesn't always pan out and and, yeah exactly (laughs) and a lot of people don't remember this either the suns over the past couple of years their draft picks have been busts okay i mean besides deandre ayton who still played very well last year um, for a rookie and for given the circumstances of this team, they got Elliot Kobo, who didn't really do anything for them last season. They got George King, who was up and down from the, they were both up and down from the G league. Um, and then they got, you know, Josh Jackson, who's obviously dealing with his fair share of problems. Yeah. Uh, Davon, who they traded. You've got Dragon Bender who played like no minute, basically no minutes two years ago to start yeah. this past season. And, and, couldn't figure out the game of basketball to save his life. Um, <laughs> not to be mean. I mean, you got Tyler Ulis. I mean. Yeah, um, no. I, it, it, I get what you're saying. It's like yeah, they yeah. just kind of like Dragon Bender like fell off the face of the earth. Like everyone was like hype saying like he's like the next Dirk Davinsky going to be this guy. Then he, like you said, he couldn't even, he can't even throw the ball in the ocean. I mean, that's the thing. Is I don't know who. Is I don't know what they're seeing in some of these guys, um, but it's it's under people. It's like we understand why some of these teams aren't drafting those guys. You know, there's a reason why these mock drafts aren't made. I mean, they're not always accurate because a lot of times we'll see. You know, for instance, Johnny Flynn was chosen before Steph Curry, and like Johnny's out of the league. Um, So a lot of times, you know, I try to explain this is. a lot of it's just how you draft and, and players being drafted to certain systems. I mean, a lot of times guys just don't pan out because of the, the team they play for. And I know that, mm-hmm. oh, talent is talent, but not really. If you have a whole team of guards and you draft another guard, they're all going to be fighting for a, a spot. And they're not going to have time to really – they're going to be so focused on, oh, my God, I need to, like, compete with this other person that they're not going to be able to fully develop into what they're supposed to be. Yeah, so you, you deal with a lot of this stuff, too. Um, 
I think in the draft that is kind of unfair. But to go back to your point earlier, it's I just I don't know what the Suns are doing. Um, but I do know, you know, I, I hope Devin Booker is being vocal in this whole process with them to try to help them navigate through free agency because maybe he could help land someone big, you know? Yeah, so, I kind of feel bad for him because he's, like, such a great player, but he's stuck in such a weird situation with a team that they're trying to rebuild around him. But, like, as you mentioned before, it's like those draft picks and those guys that they're getting isn't really panning out at all. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad. It's- yeah, it is. I, I mean, I feel bad because I think Phoenix has a great fan base and, like, you know, I think they have a chance to be, like, a great team, but it's just tough to, like, get for them to build upon anything and like you said they track free agents it's it's tough when you attract and trying to attract free agents to a team that's almost like a dumpster fire well they're just like a losing organization and then you know a lot of times former players who played for the suns will say you know sarver got too involved in the locker room where you know he's yelling at these guys and trying to like yell at what they did on the court and it's like sarver like you're not playing like you're not <laughs> coach like you're the owner of a team and um you know you got to stay in your lane yeah. You know, I, I haven't really met Sarver. I don't know him personally, so I can't really say um, what kind of person he is. But, you know, based on his the track record and his reputation, a lot of players have said the same things, is that he's one of those guys that, you know, players don't like because he's just very – he thinks just because he owns the team that he knows everything about what's supposed to happen. So that's the thing, is too, is in this draft, I don't know if – Sarver had a lot of say. He might have had a lot of say in what draft picks they picked, and which is why we're all kind of scratching our heads. Like, well, is this what James Jones wanted? Is this what Monty wanted? Is this what Sarver wanted? So it's it's kind of kind of crazy when you think about it, for sure. Yeah, and it's also crazy that you guys are locked out. Like, they won't even give you guys a hint or like any inside information. It's kind of like. That blows my mind that, like, he's just, they're just kind of, like, radio silence almost on you guys. Well, it's a weird, I mean, our industry is really tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough in a sense where, like, you're dealing with a couple different things. So you're dealing with, you know, a team that has been a losing organization for so many years and then so many people are hating on them. So they're like, well, we don't want to give all these reporters access because they're hating on us. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it's like maybe if you gave us more access, like we wouldn't hate on you guys. You know, we'd be a little bit more open. I mean, they were super lenient with us last season and, and they gave me a lot of coverage and they gave me, I mean, not a lot of inside information, but they gave me a lot of access in terms of like who I can interview, um, how often I can interview. So they were super like helpful. But when it came to like pre-draft stuff this time around, um, I'm not sure if it was Monty that made made the change where we couldn't go see any part of the workouts or we couldn't get most of like we, we didn't get any of the big time interviews. So we got the guys who were like maybe second rounders or guys who went undrafted um, for interviews. And then um, all the bigger names that came to town. Most of us didn't really know until after it was over. Um, so I'm not sure if they just wanted things to be kept more in house. Which, like I said, is understandable because people hate on them all the time. So they're yeah. kind of just puts you in an in a weird situation, like I said, because it's like, well, maybe if 
you didn't, maybe if you gave us more access, they wouldn't hate you on you as much and, and vice versa. So it's kind of like a weird, it's a weird landscape, but yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It sounds weird. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. It's tough to not know where a team's going, especially when, you know, they trade down, they pick Cam Johnson, then they select Ty Jerome. Um, it feels like they're looking for more three point shooting, but it's also tough when you, you know, you, like you mentioned, there's a Jarrett Culver, um, there's a DeAndre Hunter there, some guys that there's a lot of hype around those guys that could have been great pickups for them. So it was, it's, it's tough to, tough to watch, but hopefully they, they come out of it. And like you said, hopefully, uh, Devin Booker can try to get someone to get. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, <laughs> No, I've heard that he might be trying to get, um, D'Lo, but again, I don't know if that's going to happen. I have a feeling D'Lo is going to go to the Lakers, but that's just me. Yeah, that's an interesting story, too, because now that I think if Kyrie Irving, like Kyrie and KD are like supposed to sign the Nets or something, if Kyrie goes to the Nets and if D'Lo goes to the Lakers, that's like, it's so weird that they want to take him back. And then you hear, you hear Magic recently saying that Magic saying he's like ready to be a Laker, so which is like a weird comment after you just traded the guy. Yeah, I think there w- there was a lot of tension though in that locker room. Um, but D'Lo's been through a lot. I mean, I'm really happy for D'Lo. Yeah, he's grown up a ton. For someone that went through the issues that he had with like you know Nick Nick Young, obviously in that issue, but like where he it seems like Brooklyn changed him and changed the landscape for him. Yeah, no, I think going to the Nets kind of um being that guy i mean that was kind of his team and you know he he led the way out there and i thought it was a good change he needed a change of scenery um but it will be interesting if if he does go back to the lakers i mean especially after how they treated him you know i mean can you imagine if he would have stayed yeah there i mean a lot of things would have changed the whole it would have been a completely different team um now now that we're looking at it, I mean, it could, but, but we see it a lot. We've seen it before where, where players will get traded and then end up back on their team or vice versa. Um, it happens all the time. So it's a crazy business, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if D'Lo goes back to LA and then Kyrie send, or signs with the Nets, even though I would like to see Kyrie and LeBron play together again. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm not too sure. I, I mean, I could definitely see it happening. I'm, so I'm a Celtics fan, um, but, you know, I wasn't too big of a fan of how he treated things out here in Boston. But, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of interesting to me that for someone that wanted to get away from LeBron, Shadow wants to get back with LeBron. Yeah, I think I know he apologized to LeBron after how everything kind of went down. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, Kyrie had said that it was hard to play with him. And now all these young guys are saying that it's hard to play with him. I mean, LeBron, it is tough to play with him. Um, He demands excellence. But another thing about LeBron is that he tends to give up when things don't go his way, Um, which is not a good way to lead a team. No, definitely not. (laughs) Well, Jordan never gave up. Kobe never gave up. Um, You know, there's just certain mindsets. Um, You know, LeBron also seems like, I mean, yeah, he's a basketball player first, but he wanted to venture off and do other things in L.A., um, which is totally, you know, up to him, which I, you know, I, I, am excited to see Space Jam too. I'm excited to see all the, his other business ventures. Um, but it's like, you can't distract, like let that distract you from the fact that like, you know, like you said, people look up to LeBron. 
you know, players look up to LeBron. They want to play with him. I know Kyle Kuzma and him have a really good connection. And when, when LeBron was out with injury, I know Kyle really stepped up and started to be more of that leader and that, that guy that's more vocal on the court. And that was something that we hadn't seen from Kyle Kuzma. Um, and that was the main reason why Kyle was not included in, the, in that deal with the trade. And I think LeBron had a lot, of, lot to say in that, um, which was wild. But I think D'Lo, the thing is, though, is like, I don't know how D'Lo, AD, and LeBron are all going to play together. Because it's like, you, you, you're going to get three guys who are ball dominant. I mean, obviously, three guys that were stars of their teams now having to, you know, figure, how to, figure out like, how to work together. Okay, like. Who takes the, the game-winning shot? Um, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? I mean, if you look at... I mean, the Warriors were able to pretty much figure it out. Um, but, again, it's like every team kind of has, like, one star. You know, maybe one or two. No, they have, like, one or... one or, I mean, one. I guess one or two or three guys. Um, yeah. But when you thought about the Miami Heat, it was LeBron's team. You know, yeah. I mean, even though you had Bosh and Dwayne Wade, I mean, it was LeBron's team. Yes, that was like when I was actually going to mention that. I'm glad they brought that up because that was like LeBron, like Dwayne Wade has even said that he's taken a step back to make it like LeBron's team, to make it known that it is LeBron's team, that they're looking towards him to take the last shot and be more ball dominant and make sure he gets the ball and his touches. Well, it's also interesting, too, because a couple back in, was it January or February, um, I was on Fox Sports. I was at Fox Sports. Uh, in LA, I was shadowing Chris Haynes, NBA insider for Yahoo. Yeah. And he had mentioned that, um, you know, LeBron James had stated that he would take a backseat to Anthony Davis and let wow. it, and let it be Anthony. He, he would play second fiddle to Anthony Davis and let it kind of be Anthony Davis's team, which I think is something that's pretty interesting because he wasn't willing to do that this past season. You know, he wasn't willing to like, just, you know, kind of, let things chill, you know, kind of ease into it. Let some of these guys feel comfortable playmaking. Um, you know, he kind of demanded a lot right from the start from some of these guys and wanted it, wanted to take control. But I guess he said that if AD comes to LA, you know, he would, wouldn't mind be, playing second fiddle to him. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I didn't even know that. That's very interesting. So we'll just stick with free agency. What what do you think is going on in Houston? Ooh, that's tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was kind of trying to gather my thoughts on the whole thing. Um, you know, I mean, nothing is leaked for no reason. Nothing's leaked for no reason. So there's a reason why they wanted it to leak. The fact that Chris Paul wasn't happy playing with James Harden or wanted out, they don't get along, blah, blah, blah. Um, here's my thing. Kobe and Shaq didn't get along, but they respected each other on the court and they figured out a way to play together. And they, end, they ended up winning championships together. Um, Chris Paul, James Harden could do that, but they need a different you know, core around them. But again, um, I, I don't think that they're good together. I don't, I don't think Chris Paul is going to stay. Um, but Chris Paul also denied saying that, but maybe there was something, someone in James Harden's camp that wanted to leak it to try to get Chris Paul traded. It could very possible would be that because I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking that sounds like someone wants Chris Paul out of there and like does not want him to be with the Rockets and whether it's James Harden's group or someone within the Houston Rockets organization just sounds like they're trying to get rid of him. 
I think so too. I think they're trying to get rid of him for whatever reason. Um, a lot of people don't like playing with Chris Paul. I know that, you know, I, I don't think Blake and all of them like, like playing with Chris Paul. Um, I'm not sure though. I mean, I, I just heard things. I mean, this isn't coming straight from the players themselves, but it's coming from other sources. But again, like, you know, those sources that, that, that tell me information could be inaccurate. Again, those sources can maybe tell me things that they want me to leak and it's not the truth. So, um, it's, it's hard for me to give exact information about that. Cause I, unless you talk to those players, ex- like face to face, people yeah. can say anything they want. People can just judge things off of body language and be like, Oh, you know, Chris Paul chucked the ball, at James Harden. Oh, he must hate him. You know, he's just frustrated in the moment, you know? I mean, things like things happen in the moment, but I do think that there was a reason why that was leaked. Um, I do think that they want Chris Paul out of Houston, but is that going to change? Is that going to change? They can literally rebuild an entire roster around James Harden, and he's still going to play the same exact way. And and again, and again, it doesn't matter how many scoring records you break. It doesn't matter how much you score in a game if you lose the game. No one cares. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you'll be remembered by, oh, he put up, you know, 50, 60 points. Oh, he had, you know, the consecutive record of 30-plus points a game or 40-plus points a game. But, again, no one's going to care about that at the end of the day. Your legacy is depending on rings. No one cares about the extra stuff. I mean, MVPs are cool, too, but rings? I mean, that, that's where it's at. I mean, that's where your legacy depended on. I mean, we, we look at guys like... Bill Russell, 11 championships, you know, a guy like Michael Jordan, six, you know, even a guy like Kobe, five. Um, Those are what players are going to be, like, that's the standard that they're going to be held to. So, again, with the whole thing that's going on in Houston, I mean, they're they're putting uh, Eric Gordon on the trading block, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella. I mean, first off, you're going to get rid of P.J. I mean, that guy has been around the league for a minute. He's a, he's a good locker room guy. He likes to mentor some of the younger guys. He's been around the league. Um, obviously, has a really good shoe game as well. Knows how to dress. That's beyond the point. But he's also a solid defender. I mean, not to say, I mean, Eric Gordon played good defense in this playoffs, but um, I, I don't know why they would want to get rid of PJ. And then you've got a guy like Eric. He wasn't really shooting the three ball at a high clip this year um, than what he's used to. But again, Whatever they're doing in in Houston, they're they're gonna complete. They want to try to completely change that roster. And I know they're looking to try to get Jimmy Butler, but why would Jimmy Butler want to go there and play with James Harden? Why would you want to do that? He probably won't get his touches. That's for sure. I don't. You know, <laughs> it gets your touches. You're not gonna get your touches, and that's a reason too um, why a lot of guys like don't necessarily want to play with James. You know, they're not going to win this way. They're not going to win that way. And even Kobe had said it, you know. Kobe said it, um, you know, on on the jump with Rachel Nichols is that he said that James Harden's not going to win a championship playing like that. And then James Harden just so happened, the Rockets just so happened to be playing in Phoenix that night. And I asked him the question. I said, hey, Kobe said that you wouldn't be able to win a championship the way you're playing right now. Um, And he goes, I agree. I 100% agree. You know, it's tough. Like, I have to, you know take over the games now because we have so many injuries and Chris Paul does get injured a lot. Um, he's definitely, in my opinion, overpaid, but he's a guy that's been in this league for a long time. Um, he's been in the playoffs, but he hasn't been able to get over that hump. So now I kind of look at it like, well, you know, no championships, no MVPs. Like 
um, he shouldn't really be considered a top tier player. I mean, he's not a top point guard in the league. And I think we could all agree on that. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that one. It's so like, I just every year it seems like he's injured in the playoffs or in the beginning of the season, as you know, especially against uh, Golden State last year, he was injured, but they still played Golden I think they played Golden State better without him. Uh, yeah, they did. Um, if they just would have stayed inju- injury free um, for the most part. But yeah, they, they did play well, you know, without him. But again, like James Harden can't do it by himself. Because when you're playing a team like the Warriors, when they're fully healthy, I mean, alone, it's hard to play with against Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And then when you got KD on top of that, I mean, that's that's tough. Um, so not only do the Rockets have to consider trying to get, you know, a top free agent, but they also have to have to build, you know, a solid bench, and also to try to try to beat the Raptors. Now, I mean, you got the Raptors where if Kawhi resigns with them, I mean, they still. They still got a solid bench. They got a lot of depth on that roster. So you're going to be dealing with um, the Raptors, the Bucks. You're going to be dealing with the Warriors still. I mean, next season's going to be a little rough. But um, the, and then you're, the Lakers, you know, like AD and, and LeBron. I mean, that's going to be tough to beat too. And then you got OKC with Russ and P, and uh, Paul George. Um, you got a lot of these teams who are up and coming. I mean. The Kings are a couple pieces away from making noise in the playoffs, you know, being maybe eight or seven seed. Um, yeah. You got a lot of, lot of teams who haven't been so good over the past couple of years who are really, who are finally starting to see their draft picks pay off and starting to see some of the trades pay off um, after a couple of years. And I mean, it takes time. Like the Suns, it's going to take time, but you got to trust in their process. But, and you got Philly, you got the Celtics still. We're yeah. still going to be good next year. They still. Yeah. They're still going to be solid with or without Kyrie, with or without Al Horford. Um, they still got Jason Tatum. I mean, that's still a guy who also had to had to change up his style of play. Like the Celtics looked like they were a better team last season without Kyrie because like they they were playing just a lot more free. And then Kyrie comes back in the mix, you know. And yeah. it's, well, we need to divert to him. You know, he's the guy. He's the man. We need to make sure he gets the shot. So. There, there's a there's a lot going on. Um, Houston better figure it out, though. Yeah, Houston's got a lot to figure out and a lot to like. They have a lot going on. Like you said, there's just there's just they just seem like they're they're kind of a mess right now. Um, but speaking of the Celtics, what do you think about the Kemba rumors of the Celtics trying to sign him? I mean, Kemba's a star. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys that, that I don't think gets enough love in this league. I mean, he had a couple crazy games this season, a couple buzzer beaters. Um, he's been pretty consistent. I mean, he's a guy that I think should be considered, you know, one of the top point guards in this league. I and, and he doesn't get enough love because of where he's playing. And, you know, Charlotte's kind of one of those teams that um, it's in. you're in Charlotte. You're in North Carolina. You know, it's like not that big of, of, a, of an area. You know, it's not like an L.A. or a New York. York, where there's all these other things going on at such a huge market, you're in a smaller market, you're not getting enough love. And, you know, Kemba seems very loyal to to, to Charlotte. Um, but, you know, I would love the Celtics to pick him up. I mean, that, that, that's one of those guys that um, could definitely play. I think to me, like his game is, yeah, he could take over the game, but he does get his guys involved. Um, 
one of the games that I'd watched him play this season um, was a true testament to that is, you know, he played, he was very hot, I think, for the first half. And he kind of went cold in the third quarter. And man, like he was setting his teammates up for, you know, a lot of open shots. I mean, he, he was doing a lot of just navigating through the floor, um, making the right passes, making the right plays. And I think Tony Parker went off in that game, actually, maybe the third or fourth quarter, he started going off. Um, and it was just really fun to watch. You know, it was like, wow, well, damn. I mean, this guy gets a lot of credit for taking over the game and scoring. But when he gets cold, like he knows how to facilitate. Yeah. And, and that's something that I think the Celtics need is a, is a guy that's not selfish. And not to say, I mean, Kyrie's not selfish, but like he kind of is, you know, wants yeah. the center. Yeah, he's kind of, I feel like, you know, that he wanted that whole team thing. And I thought he just wanted to be the leader and take his shots. And he took some crazy shots in the season, but. Like, like, he all, like, he always does the shots are like, no, 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 no. And then sometimes they go and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, you, he says he wants to be a leader, but then he's, you know, not passing the ball. He's not making his teammates better. He's not putting his, his teammates in the right position to win games, to succeed. I mean, the players, they were all getting frustrated. I mean, I interviewed Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier at the beginning of the season, and, like, I could already feel there was tension. And there was already stuff going on in the media about talks of this, this and that, with Kyrie. Um, and, you know, it was just, you could, you could feel it. You could feel that a lot of them were stressed out. I mean, Terry Rozier, he wants to also be the guy to take over the games and shoot the ball. Um, he's more, to be honest, everyone's like, oh, Terry Rozier, the point guard. But I feel like he wants to be like a little mix of both. But he doesn't want to pass the ball. You know, he, no. wants, he wants to shoot the ball. Um Marcus Smart is one of those guys that I I love the way Marcus Smart plays. Um, he's probably one of my favorite guys on the Celtics, not just because he's a nice guy, but because he's going to play hard every single game. You know, he's one of those yeah, guys that he's tough. Yeah, he's a bold, he's a tough player. He's a guy that's not afraid of the mix. No, he is, and I think um, Kemba would be a really good fit with them. But, again, I think Kemba's going to want to stay – in Charlotte, for whatever reason, it's like he's okay with just getting paid and not winning. So, I mean, if that's what works for him, I mean, we can't we can't blame him. But again, like you know, some of these guys want to. It just depends. I mean, some players want to be in the in the in the light in the center, and they want to be the ones to, um, I guess just make all the money or or win championships. It kind of just depends. I mean, I would want to be a person that kind of wants to do both, but. Um, Kemba seems like he's loyal. You know, he would rather get paid to stay in, in Charlotte than to win a championship, which I don't understand. I don't agree with, but um, I mean, they they should be doing what they can to build the pieces around him. It's like, how how long are you going to stay with a team that doesn't build you, doesn't build you up? I mean, that's why LeBron left Cleveland is because they weren't doing anything for him. They weren't putting the right piece around him. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, like. You know, LeBron had a good team. No, if people look at the roster LeBron was playing with, like Eric Snow and some other just random names. I mean, um, Anderson I was it Anderson Barajal, and they had like just a bunch of names on there where you're, where you're just like, well, he couldn't win with that. I mean, no one could. You put Michael Jordan on that team, he's losing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm yeah. surprised he got him to one year. I mean, yeah, it just it it just you know, I don't I don't know what more. Charlotte, um, I don't know what more Kemba, I don't know what he's waiting for. I mean, I'd be out of there. 
But again, you know, he, he could really have, have established a nice, you know, he's established a nice home there. He loves it there. But again, like I, I would leave. That's me. But I, I'm not I'm not Kemba. So I, I, I don't know what Kemba's mindset is. I don't know what he's thinking. So, yeah, I would, I would bolt, too, if I could. I would go either the Celtics or the Dallas, which is the other place he's been rumored to go to. But I would definitely bolt. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, too. I mean, Dallas would be a nice fit, too. They're going to be pretty good in a couple of years. Yeah, they have some great young pieces um, with Luca and then KP coming back. And, you know, they're looking to rebuild. It looks like they've, they've, done, all the right, they've done all the right things to rebuild a great team. And the Hawks. That's another team. Yeah, the Hawks are. I've, yeah, I think Cam. I think Cam Reddish was a steal in the draft for them too, because I think his game fits more on the NBA because it's more of a spread offense, and he was kind of overshadowed in that Duke situation. Yeah, no, he was. He was. Um, you know, he it was it was a little stressful. I know for him, but I think, um, I definitely think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I know he's been kind of injured too. Um. I think he might be injured right now, actually. Um, what I'm saying, but um, I think that that's going to be a good fit for him. A lot of young pieces. Um, got a guy like you know Trey Young, who I'm very high on now. Um, I think he's also. I mean, he's one of those guys who he's young, but I feel like he could be a good leader too. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Katie? What are your thoughts? Where do you think he's going to go? Well, I mean, everyone's saying that he's going to sign with the Nets, but I think Nike gave us that little inside detail where they posted that shirt of him um, on their website, and it said, like, all the destinations of where he's been, like, from high school to college to the NBA, and then it said on there, the the final destination, it said San Francisco. So I was kind of like, we were all kind of like, what? Um, Is Nike trying to tell us something? Like, is is he coming back to the Warriors next year? so I think he's going to go back. I think he's going to stay. I, I don't think that, um, I don't think he's going to go to the Nets. I mean, I just, I don't know, three teams, like, already? I mean, the same thing with Kyrie. I'm like, y'all are just, like, hopping around like crazy. And I know it's it's normal to do that now. Um, it's it's not as, like, a loyal of a league as it used to be where no. guys stayed. But team, teams aren't loyal, you know? So players were just kind of like, you know what? Screw this. We're not going to be loyal to our team anymore. Like, because they could trade us any second. Get rid of us, you know, after we've done so much for the for our city, for our team. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, given that clue alone, I feel like Katie's going to stay. But, you know, maybe Nike was just trying to mess with us. I don't know. Maybe that was my, Nike's way of saying, hey, Katie, stay, stay with the Warriors. I mean, I don't know. Um, but... I mean, he's not going to play next season. So, regardless, I think he, you know, he's out for next season because of his injury. But I think, I think he's going to stay with the Warriors, and that's just like my my thing. I think the I think Kyrie's going to go to the Nets. Um, I don't know who else they're going to pick up, but I think he, he's going to go to the Nets. And like I said, I think D'Lo is going to go to the to the Lakers. Wow. Yeah, I I agree. I could see him staying. I mean, he does make over two million if he stays. So I mean, I wouldn't mind. I would definitely stay if I was him. But yet again, I'm not making that much money. So. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's. I feel like the more money you make, the more you want. So, you know, some of these guys are gonna want more money. So I'm I'm interested to see what the Warriors do. You know what they do with Clay, what they do with Dre, all those guys. 
Yeah, it should, it should be interesting. And then, all right, so I got one last question here to wrap it up with you. Who's gonna, who's the surprise team that you think is going to make a splash in free agency? Ooh. Surprise team and free agency. God, you're asking me all the tough questions that I, I just don't know. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Well, I mean, hmm. In free agency. This is a tough one. I mean, I want to say the Suns, but I don't think that they're going to do much in free agency. I think that they're going to do everything to disappoint us. Um, and then when it comes to... Let me think here. I mean, it's going to be any of those typical teams. I don't think it's going to be a team that surprises us. Because, like, think about it. Like, who wants to go to... I mean, I wouldn't want to go to Indiana. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to Detroit. I wouldn't want to go to Orlando. I mean, it's going to be one of those typical teams, you know, who who I think do something. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz already uh, they already acquired Conley. Yeah, that's true. The Jazz made a big move, and I think they made a big step in the West with that trade. They I also did. think I think Sacramento might be a sh- maybe a shocker. I don't know. Maybe, they might. Uh, I mean. Sacramento was super close to making it. Um, actually, I mean, eh, towards the end of the season, they kind of went on a slump. But um, the Kings were looking nice. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Atlanta, like I said, they're probably going to make it in the next couple of years to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings do something or the Jazz continue to build on what they have. Um, but it's like any of those typical teams. I mean, the Celtics might do something. Um, I think that I, I have a feeling Kawhi might stay with the Raptors. Um, why would you want to leave? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. Especially Mark just actually Mark just like opted in. I think did. Um, so I would like to see Danny Green stay. I would like to see Kawhi stay. Kyle. I mean, I would like to see them all try to go for a second championship. I mean, why would you want to ruin that? Like. I mean, I, I know I know the hot spot right now is going to the Lakers, but, like, we saw how that panned out last year with LeBron. I mean, it wasn't pretty. And <laughs> yeah. I know they got AD, but AD is also injury-prone, too. Exactly. That's true. That's also a very good point. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually something I kind of forgot about, that he is very injury-prone. So, yeah, like I said, it might probably be um, the Kings, like you said. I mean, maybe the Clippers will do something, too, because I know Patrick Beverly might want to sign with a different team. Um, and, and the, the Clippers, they, they were a team that like everyone was kind of shocked about too. I mean, no one thought, especially after they got rid of Tobias Harris and, and sent him to, to the Sixers. Um, there were a lot of people that were counting them out even before Tobias got traded. And then you got, um, then he got traded and then you have like Landry Shamit scoring some big time buckets, um, to win some games there. So the Clippers, they, they might do something too. I think they're, they're pretty close to. And they were an eight seed, but you know they're they're like right there. So I mean that that might be a team that surprises us. Um, the Spurs always seem to be okay. I mean I don't know. That's a tough question because every year I'm I'm like trying to think of oh what what might be a sleeper. You know and I never get the answer right. No one. Yeah. No, no one does. I mean I didn't even expect Toronto to win the championship this year after that trade. No, I didn't. No. All right. Well. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a great interview. I can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been a a lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, of course. I appreciate you for having me. I hope I answered all your questions and um, send me the finished product when it's done. Yeah, definitely will. All right. Well, have a great night and thank you again. Of course. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. That was my interview with Ashley Neville. A lot of fun interview. Once again, I apologize. My internet cut out here and there. But it was a great, great interview. Um, would love to have her on again sometime. Now we're going to jump into NBA league rules and the changes that they're thinking about going through. This is not full yet, but we'll see what happens. One of the NBA league rules that they're going to discuss is shortening the season and making it 58 games, but adding a mid season tournament involved which is very interesting i don't like it personally unless you put something on the line for these players to play for it's gonna be another 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 regular season game if it's just they're playing in this mid-season tournament the only thing is that this team that continues to go on is a they continue to play and and that adds them more games to their season so you could be a playoff team a number one seed but in this tournament, and you're the number one team in the league, you might just throw it on purpose so you can rest your guys. I think if you're the NBA, you have to make these guys play for something. And it's whether it's money goes to the, their charity of their choice, or they the team that wins gets an automatic playoff bid, or you get more ping pong balls. So if you're like the New York Knicks, you get more ping pong balls in the draft, or you get like a, a playoff bid. It's the only way I can think of how to make this tournament interesting for this team, for this NBA, for this league. I mean, the other way I think about it is the NBA signal as a business side is that they're going to make more money because people are going to want to sponsor this, sponsor this first midseason tournament and possibly many more. So they're going to make more money on the business side. But what's it going to do to your players? How active are they going to be in every game? It should be very interesting to see how well that plays out. I personally am not a fan of it. I don't think it's going to go well. I Like I said, it's not the NCAA. I would love to see it. I love to see it in the NCAA because those guys are actually playing for something. They're playing for seeding. They're playing for their RPI. They're playing for strength of schedule. They're playing to get into the NCAA tournament. They're playing for a position the better themselves for seedings of the NCAA tournament. So if you're playing, if they play it like that and there's no seeding and you're playing for seeding, then that kind of helps out with the NBA playoffs. But we'll see. My thing is, too, as well, if you're thinking about to shorten a season, to shorten 20 games. Do what you did when there was an NBA player lockout. 62 games. Start the game. Start the, start the season on Christmas. Everyone tuned in that year. I believe it was 2013. It was a lot of fun. You guys had the highest ratings. Do something like that. Because basketball's back. You're coming to the end of football season. It makes it more entertaining. A lot of people don't really watch too much hockey. No offense, hockey fans, I'm sorry. But, you know, it should be... It would be more interesting if you guys just did it that way if you're thinking about shortening the season and wanting your players to rest a little bit more. I think that's the best way to go about it, but that's just my thoughts. I'm not in the league office. I wish I was. It'd be awesome. But I'm not. So that's my thought on the other thing. The other thing is the one-and-done rule. Just get rid of it. Don't do the G League thing that you guys were discussing before. That was a while ago. You know, they were offering the elite players like 200K to play in the G League. That's just one way to promote the G League. 
That's just the same thing as going to college. Let these guys go to the NBA if they're really good. They don't need to go to college and play there one year. They already know that they're breakout stars. And if they don't make it, don't let them hire agents so they can actually transfer into a college, which would be better off for those guys that can't make it in the NBA, who are, are drafted but realize they don't have the talent, or send them down to G League. Figure something out like that. It's better that way. It still doesn't change the college games. College games entertainment when we still have the one-and-done rules. You know, it doesn't change the NBA. The NBA, the guys are still crazy. It's talent's still great. So it's still going to make things a lot better. And there's still guys that have a chance to come out of college. Though. It could be late bloomers. We shall see. But that's all I have tonight. I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. It was a lot of fun. Great interview. Uh, next episode to be released on Tuesday. Uh, I have Pro Scouts on Brian Oranger and Carl Berman. That would be my 4th of July episodes. I'm going to play both of them back-to-back for the health out of the Summer League. Should be really good. Be a really long episode. Less me talking. More of you guys hearing more of the pros out there. I hope you guys have a great day and night. Enjoy your Friday and your weekend.